0: what is going on everybody hopefully you guys are all doing well out there another edition of the sports card show podcast for you today got just a just maybe like two topics on plan today we've got check out my cards announcing that indeed the entire inventory of check out my cards will slowly be imported and listed on ebay so that's certainly a interesting revelation I'll give you an update. Uh, Speaking of check on my cards, I'll give you an update on my $100 account, which I started uh, roughly a year ago. So one year in, I'll let you know where we are at. And finally, Panini Instant. So Panini copied uh, Tops Now. I think it's only a matter of time till both end up copying Epac. Luckily for Upper Deck, there's this layer of, uh, you know this lay this hurdle called uh like shipping out the cards and that's where check out my cards comes in and if Upper Deck was smart uh they would have had check out my cards some sign some kind of exclusive deal or something like that uh although tops and uh, Panini could likely call maybe like Beckett or Burbank Cards or one of these other guys to kind of handle some of it for them. But uh, certainly, Check Out My Cards has the infrastructure to make something like EPAC happen. But Tops now, Panini Instant. That's that hard to copy. So we saw that happen this week as well. Let's move right into. I'll uh, first give you an update on my $100 account. Again, I started to check out my cards account last year, right around this time, with $100 cash. Today I have $84 cash. Um, actually there was just a, a recent spring cleaning sale that most, if you're new to check on my cards, you should take advantage of those sales every time they run one, even if it's only like 5% off or whatever, just run a sale. Uh, cause it costs $3 I think, and like a percentage of the sale every other time. So you might as well take advantage when it's free, but, um, Obviously, I have not. I don't have a lot of time. I'll explain maybe later in the show. I've been really busy the last month or so, last thirty to forty days, and likely thirty to forty days going forward. I'm going to be really busy too, so not a ton of time to be on here capturing every deal, every last good card and cheap card that's for sale. But I do have eighty four dollars in here, which is great considering I also have five hundred thirty five cards. So I almost have my entire hundred dollars back. But I also have 535 cards. I only have 382 of those cards actually priced. I'm holding on to certain cards, uh, you know, waiting for maybe a better time to sell on some of them. I have an asking price of $873, so that's pretty good. Obviously, I'm not expecting to get that full amount, but I'm certainly hoping to get somewhere in that range. You might be wondering what my highest, what my peak was over the last year. I actually know the peak value of my account. It was, if my internet actually starts working here, here it goes: two hundred thirty-five dollars, actually two hundred thirty-four dollars and ninety-nine cents, was my peak um, portfolio value. Like right now, I mean, you could argue maybe I have about that much. I would obviously have to sell my inventory for about a hundred and fifty bucks or so could I do that? I don't know. I, I, I'm i not sure. I could put up a port sale and certainly field offers. Whether or not I got $150 or not, I don't know. But I feel very comfortable with my, where my check on cards account is after after kind of testing this after a year. If you're not caught up on my strategy, I've done shows about this portfolio through the year, you know, little bits and pieces here and there. But essentially, my strategy right now is to buy cards Buy cards really right. Like even on sale this past week, I'll give you an example. Uh, I ran a 50% off sale. So I was, you know, every card I had in my portfolio was 50% off. For example, I sold a 2011 Bowman gold refractor of Corbin Joseph numbered 14 of 50. It's a Bowman platinum card. I bought it for 65 cents. I repriced it for $4 I had it for 50% off and it sold for $2. So bought for 65, sold for $2 and that's 50% off. So you can see I'm really, you know, I have my prices kind of jacked up pretty high. I've sold this other autograph. It was a Hunter, actually not autograph, Hunter Renfro Bowman Blue Rave or Silver Wave refractor card numbered at 25. I bought it for $2 and 25 cents. So kind of a lot actually for a card. And I sold it for five dollars, so I actually doubled I more than doubled my money, and I had it on sale. You know what I mean? So those are the kind of cards I'm looking for. That's why I have 84 dollars on my account. I certainly could go through and buy a bunch of 10 cent cards, 15 cent cards, 50 cent cards, and, and price them for 50 percent, 100 percent higher, and they you know they'll sell eventually. But I'm really looking for that th- I'm really looking for 300 percent markup or higher right now. Um, just because it's a little easier, makes finding the cards a little bit easier, a little less time consuming. You're kind of filtering out a lot of cards when you're looking for cards of that value. So I think going forward, I always like to look forward with investing strategies. I think I'm just going to keep this strategy going. I've had discussions with my brother when we both have a little more time. I think we're going to set up a third account and just buy, um, portfolios. So buy people that are selling portfolios of cards on Checkout My Cards. But we're going to wait. We're going to wait to do any of that. In fact, I'm going to wait to do a decent amount of investment into Check Out My Cards until I see the impact of the recent news. Check Out My Cards announced on their blog. They announced uh, coming soon. Check Out My Cards inventory coming to eBay so it's in kind of a beta test As check out my cards is, is kind of known to do they kind of test things out uh, in fact a lot of successful companies including like Amazon and Facebook all these companies out there typically like to get things to market just test it out even if it doesn't work um, test it out see what happens you might fail but you'll learn some stuff along the way if you're not familiar already, you can cross list your items in your Checkout My Cards account onto Amazon. So there was a, you know, and if you didn't do this already, um, there's no reason for you not to do it. Even though it's 20% off, you have to accept 20% off your asking price if you sell it on Amazon to cover some fees there, obviously. Um, and you might say, oh, well, that's 20%. If you if you're not if 20% is going to make or break your margin, you're not running at a high enough margin in my opinion on check my cards. You need to be running at a margin to where 20% is 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 nothing essentially. So, um I I've been cross-listing on Amazon for years I think now and a lot of, you you'd be surprised how many full-priced sales? I'll price some cards. You know, on, on check out my cards. You, you overprice some things sometimes. I think I see some snickering on some forums about certain uh, people, uh, certain accounts that have cards overpriced. D- you guys wouldn't be snickering if you saw that those cards actually sell sometimes. Then they often sell on Amazon. So, that's the reason why people overprice, especially people with lots of cards, lots of lots have lots have generated lots of sales on check on my cards, myself included. I've seen the data, I've sold tens of thousands of cards on check on my cards. I've seen the data. Full priced, overpriced cards sell on Amazon. You'd be surprised. So, um, I've been doing that. And so I'm, I'm thinking, man, if they, if they incorporate eBay, it could incorporate this whole new, uh, you know, whole new instrument, uh, to unload cards off of check on my cards, whole new source of liquidity, whole new source of buyers. So I love it from just from my own personal sense, having cards on check on my cards. This just adds just value to my account already adds value to the cards. I have there adds value to the money that I have sitting in check Out my cards. It just adds value. So certainly makes me feel good as a customer of check Out my cards. This certainly is an announcement of somebody that's invested a lot of time. And basically my entire collection is on check Out my cards because I really don't want cards sitting around my house. Um, and especially my new house. <laughs> um, yeah, so Check On My Cards is, is adding value like this by, by listing on eBay. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the other things it might do to the industry. For one, I saw, let's talk about some of the little finer details first. So um, Check On My Cards announced that there might be some kind of change to their fee structure. As it stands now, there's a cash out fee for Check On My Cards. It stands at 20%. So if you deposit $100, buy some cards, sell some cards, and then you're back at $100 like I'm trying to do with my $100 account, actually to withdraw $100, I need to actually get to $120 as it stands now. So um, uh, you know, I, have, I need to make about $50 worth more sales to get back to quote even on a cash out basis. So um, there's some discussion that that might change a little bit. You might actually have to pay per transaction. I actually think for me, I'd rather the cash out uh, fee stay the same. That way I don't really realize any fees on checkout my cards um, until I'm ready to cash out. I don't send cards in. I don't ship cards to myself typically from check on my cards all I'm doing is clicking buttons on there buying and selling cards I don't realize really any fees there I, I you know there's some storage fees that I pay but they're they're minimal and so you know we'll see a change in those fees might might negatively affect someone like me but uh, some of you out there with different kind of buying habits buying structures different kind of things you're doing might actually help you so i'm waiting to see how this might change the fees might change um certainly either way i think check on my cards is going to be in line where it is today and certainly in line where it is uh, versus maybe selling on eBay or selling on Amazon. And certainly if you factor in your time, which you all should do, um, especially if you're trying to make this a business, uh, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to make it a second job or something. Well, you know, selling cards on eBay is no, you know, it's not like it's easy. Especially if it's single card after single card after single card and they're all different and you're listing and listing and shipping and packing and doing all this stuff. It's a lot of work. So even if check on my cards is just slightly ahead or even a little more ahead of eBay in terms of fees, for me it's still worth it. It'd have to be way more expensive than eBay to really um, make it not worth it. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with the, the new feed structures, but I think it's interesting. Uh, check out my cards. Uh, they, I know they beta tested some auctions. They haven't rolled that feature out to everybody or, or really haven't done much with it in the last, uh, I'd say six months or so, but could be that they, they, they roll out kind of an auction feature on to check out my cards. Um, I mentioned this will bring in a source of liquidity in terms of people buying cards, cards uh, moving out of the site. I think Check On My Cards mentioned that the initial wave of cards being pushed onto eBay's site will be cards that have been sitting on Check On My Cards for a while. So I love that. They're basically using eBay to liquidate kind of stale or older inventory. So certainly will help the people, the holders of those cards and people have been trying to sell those cards for a while. Uh, there was some discussion on a blowout thread questioning if uh, sh- check out my cards could handle eBay's uh, you know, the, the buyers on eBay, the demands of customer service and shipping this out. Honestly, I think this is, this is overblown in the hobby. I think a lot of people out there kind of overblow the, 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 the amount of um, poor experiences you get on eBay. I know that people post about them in forums and people will post about it on Twitter when they have a bad experience, but in totality it's the, uh, and I'm saying this from experience the last four months I've sold over a thousand cards on eBay. Okay. I have done hundreds of auctions listed hundreds of items this is all not for profit it's all for kind of an experiment so i i have to tell you guys I, i've so, for four months i've been doing this and i you know i have hundred percent positive feedback everything's everything's golden basically essentially on my ebay account i have not had a single issue with any buyer with a buyer giving me crap about how I package something, a buyer giving me uh, any kind of pushback on anything. It's been, well, it's been e- that's actually been the easy part, dealing with the customers before and after sale. I haven't even had to do anything. And part of that is I have 15 years' experience doing this. I've been on eBay since it was a really kind of nascent, early site to buy and sell anything on, let alone baseball cards. So I understand. I think a lot of customer service issues, it falls on maybe buyers not reading the description, having false expectations. Um, and maybe it comes down to some lazy sellers, but in the end, This isn't a heart catheter or monitor or whatever. These are baseball cards. I don't care if they come in four days or five days. Um, So I'm not in there um, requesting customer service 24 hours a day. But what I will say is don't worry about check out my – trust me. You don't have to worry about check out my cards um, handling two-day shipping. They already do that with eBay. They already have a service on their own site. That allows them to ship out in two days. I've been to check out my cards personally. Been, you, you, and you can do the same. can go to Washington State and request a tour. Don't just show up. Request a tour. And they'll tour you around the whole facility. And trust me, you, you won't be questioning if this company has the capabilities of handling something like this. This is well within their, their capabilities. I saw some comments. I got some comments on Twitter, uh, um, you know, saying some things about how Check On My Cards uh, check, uh, customer service is, is not as good as maybe it used to be or it's, it's not not good. And um, again, I'm not trying to make excuses for Check On My Cards. First thing I will say, it's a family-run business. Remember, this is a website that is is essentially testing the waters on something that even before Amazon – Amazon's just now just in the last 2 or 3 years have been move, moving swiftly into the kind of distribution warehouse model. Chuck on my cards has been doing this since like I think 2008. So they've been doing it a while. Um so they're innovating, you know? They're innovating on stuff Uh, Certainly things like basic stuff like customer service maybe is not high on the priority list because they're moving very quickly. Am I trying to make excuses for them? Is that an excuse for them? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. But I will say this too. I don't know what – all I use check on my cards for is to make money, period. I click buttons on there and I make money. And I have spreadsheets and I've done the math over the last six, seven, eight years that I've been on the site. And I've made thousands of dollars on the site. I don't think I've ever contacted Check On My Cards customer service. Never had a reason to. Now, if you're sending cards in, you're buying cards for yourself, then yeah, maybe you have to, maybe you have to contact Check On My Cards customer service. I don't know, but I'm making thousands of dollars. And I've never had to contact customer service ever on Check On My Cards. So I, I don't know. Do do they likely need to invest in that area? Is that something they probably should get better at? Probably. But I do know that when I did speak with um, Check On My Cards back in the day, this was three, four years ago, I think he gave me a stat out of 100,000 orders, they had like four mistakes, four returns. So... If you're one of those four people, you know, sorry, mistakes happen, but uh, check out my cards is run about as efficiently as possible. I can understand if you bought a card and it it arrived to you damaged. I could understand if you sent cards in and they got put on and there was a mistake. Those kind of things happen. Um, And certainly check out my cards is responsible to make those things right in a timely manner. But as long as they're doing those kind of things, um, I don't think I have personally any worries or any concerns about their customer service. I think I would have gotten more and more kickback from people if um, it was to the point where it was uh, financially really hurting people. But um, hey, young companies, family-run companies, uh, they're, they're, they're innovating and they're moving quickly. So, um, things are going to happen. Certain areas of the business are going to be running smoothly and not smoothly. That's part of the deal. I certainly have an appreciation for that. And, um, and I will say, Hey, if you've got a real serious customer service issue, the owner of the company, uh, will answer your email. That's who I just, that's who I would email. If you had a serious issue that wasn't being resolved, then I would email the owner of the company. That's to me, would be the fastest way to get anything resolved. Um, That's what I have to say about little tiny things. Now a broader scope. Now let's get up in our helicopter and get up towards the sky and start looking down onto kind of the e-commerce, uh, you know, not just sports cards in an e-commerce sense, but e-commerce in kind of a broader sense is that this is where e-commerce is shifting to where I as a seller, uh, maybe even I as a collector, a hobbyist, has my collection or portion of my collection stored in a warehouse to where I am able to sell that cross-channel. So I'm able to sell it on to check out my cards. That's one channel. I'm able to sell it on Amazon at the same time. That's the second channel. Third channel is onto eBay. I think uh, Check Out My Cards will eventually evolve to like a fourth channel to where it's like either on your own, um, you know, white label kind of uh, setup, or, you know, there's other channels that will emerge, I'm sure. Maybe Facebook tr- turns into a viable channel. Maybe, um, some other network, some other website that we don't even know about yet will turn into a viable channel to sell something. So I think Check Out My Cards turned into that hub just like as they're the hub for EPAC that kind of makes that whole thing work. Eventually, Check Out My Cards will turn into the hub for things like redemption cards and other kind of promotional kind of cards that uh, the card companies will end up uh, trusting – and utilizing, actually it's probably another better way to put it, uh, utilizing Check out My Cards um, infrastructure because they certainly have a lot of infrastructure and a lot of ability to deliver cards in kind of an innovative way. So I certainly expect um, Upper Decks kind of the first domino. We've seen with, with Tops now and Panini Instant, these guys just copy each other within weeks of each other. I'm sure they're both working on a way to innovate onto e ePacks so they're able to sell packs 24 hours a day and not have that be a huge expense by having someone like Check On My Cards handle the infrastructure and the back end of that. Just kind of this shift that's happening in e-commerce. Amazon is certainly leading the way in this. Amazon has Prime now in certain markets where you get a certain amount of items. um, I think it's like 10,000 of the most ordered items or something on Amazon can be delivered to your door within hours. Now there's other innovations that are coming along too. Uber just opened up. I think it's Uber Rush or Uber something um, where it's essentially a delivery service. If you have a website or an application And you want to add two-hour delivery, three-hour delivery? You're able to actually integrate Uber into that, and so um, just like you integrate like a payment system into your app, or or you know something like that, you know, or like a Twitter feed. It's essentially the same thing. You actually integrate Uber's ability to come and pick up your package and then deliver it to your customer, and then Uber makes a, a, you, know, a spread on that, whatever you're charging for that. So you better believe, guys, that's going to disrupt blowout cards model. That's going to disrupt DA Card World's model when why would I b- order from blowout cards, even if I saved five bucks, a box? Five, six bucks a box because that's what it's going to – that's what the, the extra cost is going to be for me ultimately. Or for a case, it might only be $10, 15 25 $30. Might end up only being $3, $4 a box. For the luxury of ordering it then having it arrive at my door just hours later. I will say that blowout cards and DA card will both have the capabilities of being on the forefront – of making something like that happen. But if they don't, so this is how I always, I've gotten. I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten over the years, probably dozens and dozens of emails of people saying, Hey, I want to compete with DA Cardwell. I want to compete with blowout Cardwell. I always tell them, first of all, you shouldn't, shouldn't think like that. Shouldn't, shouldn't think like that. Oftentimes the way they want to compete is like matching their price or lowering. it. I'm like, don't try to compete on price. Don't compete with people like that on price. Add You actually want to try to raise the price. You want to charge more from them, but add some layer of value that people are willing to pay that. And I think now it is apparent to me the one layer of, of convenience you could lay layer on to that and legitimately charge more for is having it sitting in an Amazon warehouse or sitting in a place where one of these Uber drivers can come pick it up and go drop it off at somebody's house. Ordering packs of cards, ordering boxes of cards because card shops are shriveling up across this country um, and because cards cards as a whole industry needs to grow again, it's certainly not going to grow through traditional brick-and-mortar retail just for a number of different reasons. Okay. And it's not all sports cards fault. Brick and mortar retail is just look at Macy's, look at J.C. JCPenney's, look at Sears, look at uh, Circuit City and a lot of these other companies um, that have been flying by the wayside. It's not all cards' fault that they're not going to be able to expand through just traditional brick and mortar mom and pop retail. The way they're going to be able to expand is by using these new distribution models. So, check out my card, just certainly an example of that for single cards. But I think the next advancement for that is, you know, and we've seen like um, group breakers. Or another example of kind of a, 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 you know, somewhat of like a distribution network. They buy these boxes wholesale and then they distribute them out, like distribute them out among collectors based on what team they bought or what spot they ended up getting. And so the same thing is going to happen with the unopened box market. And actually, it might. this might be a way to kind of actually, you know, years ago, a couple years ago, I say years ago, it was just two years ago, a year or two ago, people were saying, oh, group breaks, uh, group breaks bringing all this money, all this interest into the hobby. No, Really what it did is just took the money that was being spent on open boxes and shifted it to buying spots in the breaks for those boxes. So it didn't, it, you know, yeah, those, some of those people might be spending more money, but it certainly shifted more money. Then it brought new money in. Now, I think one way to bring new money in is by having this ability to order a box of cards and an hour or two later, three hours later, four hours later, essentially later that day, it arrives at my door, either via Amazon, via USPS, via an Uber driver Certainly, those types of innovations are going to happen in major metropolitan areas. If you're listening to this show in the middle of uh, Nebraska or in the middle of Kansas, gorgeous country out there, just beautiful, quiet. You can see the stars at night. Just gorgeous, clean air. But um, unfortunately, a lot of these innovations going to, uh, you know, the first I call it two to five years, depending on how well these things are adopted. And certainly if you live in kind of the middle of the country or less populated areas of the country, certainly there's less populated areas of of California that won't see these types of distribution. You might have to wait a day or two days. Everything might be two days or a day or two for you. But that still might be, especially out here in California. I know when I order stuff from both blowout cards and DA Carbill, it takes a week to get here. I bet they pay a lot of money. They should really open – really, if those guys do enough volume, they really should have a warehouse out here in California. That's what most people do when you're big in e-commerce. You have kind of some of your inventory out in an East Coast plant and you have some of your inventory out here in a West Coast plant. That way you're hitting the vast majority of the country in the lowest rate on like what UPS charges or even USPS I think breaks it out rate um depending on what geographic region it's going to and from. Um so that's why you have, you know, district that's why Amazon is building out distribution centers. And check out my cards I think has a distribution center obviously in Washington, but I also think they have one in Canada as well. And I'm sure as that company grows and grows and grows and grows, they're gonna have to build more of those out and then manage the inventory in between those things. And I certainly, you know, people are talking, "Oh, can you know, check on my cards handle 2-day shipping?" Guys, that's that's kindergarten. That's kindergarten. What check on my cards is going to have to handle is I have 50 of these base cards sitting in Washington. I need to have a percentage of them shipping on sitting on the East Coast. So they – you know, I need to judge how fast these ship and then where they go in the country and then I need to have a percentage of them put on the east coast, some of them on the west coast, some of them in Canada. And then they have computer software that essentially – and the owner of Check Out My Cards is smart enough to probably write this kind of software himself. But there's computer software essentially out there that will determine all of that for you. Um, But it's still not like it's an easy thing to manage, you know. So two-day shipping, customer service, that's kindergarten business stuff. Um, You know, managing inventory that's not even yours and distributing it across the country so it arrives at customers' doors very quickly, Uh, that's stuff that – companies like amazon are doing those are the challenges that they're trying to meet um and certainly check out my cards and anyone that wants to compete in e-commerce in the next five ten years 15 years going forward certainly gonna have to compete on those types of things um that's about it i have two podcasts that i want to recommend so this podcast only about 30, 40 minutes, but I have two that I want to recommend for you. So write this down or try to remember to re-listen to this or if your memory's much better than mine maybe you remember this first podcast is ecom crew so the the ecom crew these guys are actually giving you real life use cases of they have like cuttingboard.com they have icewraps.com they own colorit.com which is like an adult coloring book and they talk about all the strategies and all the marketing and all the stuff they do for these websites and how they use Amazon and how they've used eBay and how they use – it's just brilliant stuff. And you might ask you, what does coloring books and and uh, cutting boards have to do with baseball cards? You know, Guys, baseball cards is is the kindergarten of e-commerce. If you want to graduate and start making real money, these guys are flying to China and going to trade shows and things like that. If you want to make real money, you you can learn a lot with doing e-commerce and cards. But you got to step up your game. And one way of doing that is by listening to people that are doing it and the e-com crew. um, uh, Just a really interesting podcast. I've been fascinated with it. They have a show recently, um, just in the last four or five episodes, where a listener named Colin actually asked asked some question, and that's actually myself. So if you want to listen to that episode, you'll actually know um, who asked those questions. Second podcast, this for me is my favorite podcast right now, Um, for me as an investor and someone who likes really high-level discussion about stuff, um, if you're really into e-commerce... Uh, The Jason and Scott show, Jason and Scott, and Scott was with one T. So the Jason and Scott show, and Jason, I believe, is like the founder and chairman of a public company called Channel Advisor, which in a nutshell allows companies to, to do kind of what Check On My Cards is doing um, except Channel Advisor doesn't store their inventory like GSI or some of these other mass inventory places. What Channel Advisor does is if you're like – they allow you to list across Facebook, Twitter, um, eBay, Amazon, Walmart, all these different sites and then it – Helps you track your inventory, track which channels are doing well, which channels you might want to pull back on, which channels you might want to invest more in. So it's uh, uh, you know used by mi- you know million dollar plus type e-commerce operations. But so he gives really valuable information. The other guy Scott, I think they call him the Retail Geek. He is like a consultant to all these retailers. He goes to trade shows every week, basically, and then reports back on all this stuff. There are a lot of cool stuff that happens at trade shows, especially if you're not like me and just go and gamble the whole time or or goof off the whole time. If you're actually going and talking with people, there's a lot of stuff that happens at these trade shows. And so he goes and basically gives you like a rundown of everything that happens. And so it saves you the trip and the thousands of dollars that would have cost to go. So two great podcasts, The Ecom Crew and... The Jason and Scott Show if you're into buying and selling cards there's absolutely no reason you shouldn't be fully engaged and fully enthralled with e-commerce I go to a lot of your guys' websites and And I see very little advertising, very little creative advertising. I mean, you guys put links on websites and stuff like that. But there's way, way, way more stuff you guys could be doing. You guys are literally – and I don't mean this condescendingly. I just mean this to open your guys' eyes. The majority of what I see e-commerce-wise in the sports card hobby is kindergarten level. It's buy the cards, put them on eBay. Buy the cards – put them on my website, hope people buy them, you know what I mean? And we've seen the success people and I put success in air quotes. There's not a lot of people doing that great. And I tell the story, I say this every time. When I went to the industry summit, I would show up, I would stay at a, a at a hotel that I would consider very nice, upgraded room, top, you know, one of the top floors, suite, multiple rooms. And I would take an Uber or a taxi, in those days it was a taxi, back and forth to the hotel. Because the, the Orleans was the home of the industry summit when I went. And it is not of quality of a hotel that you want to stay at. But yet everybody in the industry is staying at, you could stay at the Aria. You could have stayed at the Cosmopolitan. You could have stayed at the Wynn. Even the MGM up the street. Not that bad. So take advice. Listen to whoever you want to in this business. But just realize the people that are being successful, the people that are having real success are moving quickly. They're turning companies that were were running out of their basement and now they're, they're they're the biggest seller on eBay and the biggest seller on Amazon, the biggest seller of sports cards on eBay and Amazon. So if you want to be one of those people, you got to push yourself. You can't just open up the cards and list them on eBay. You can't just buy a card and, uh, you know, flip it on eBay when he hits a home run. Those kind of opportunities are few and far between. And certainly with the, the you know, maybe when the sports car market is really laser hot and there's a red, red, hot rookie class, certainly there's there's easier opportunities there. But you know, as as someone that's been following this business, and most of you probably out there realize, those opportunities are few and far between. They don't come along. All that often. They come along but not often enough to where you're going to feed your family, buy a house, buy a car, with that kind of stuff. So you have to push yourself um, oftentimes beyond where you're comfortable and take some risks. So that about wraps it up. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. Real quick one for you. I'll be back I don't know when. I am uh, – I've crossed my fingers knocking on wood. I've been trying to buy a house, the same house, not a house, like the this house uh, for almost since March. Had, this is my second shot at it and it's going way, way too smoothly right now with the lender and with – I it needs to be – there needs to be a lot of work done on the house. I need a roof. I need floors. I need – uh paint it needs you know it needs a lot every room essentially needs to be redone um so but it's going really smoothly, so I'm knocking on wood if it keeps going like that, everything's just you know cakewalk just signing papers, you know writing checks, kind of thing um, I could probably have another show, but um, uh, my guess is you know, things are gonna be hectic. I'm going to be moving. I got to set up new internet. I got to rebuild, you know, I got to buy this house. I've got to rebuild it kind of, not rebuild it, but I have to kind of redo it. Need to, you know, it hasn't been modernized in in 30, 40 years. So it needs floors and kitchen and needs everything except bathrooms. Luckily, thank God doesn't need bathrooms. Um, So going to be doing that. A lot of moving parts. So might not have a definitely not. I'm literally not paying any attention to cards right now. Um, so I've been focused squarely on selling all my a lot of my stocks, selling quite a bit. I actually bought some today. So in, in the midst of selling stocks, I, I I still have the habit of buying some new ones. So it's just something that I do. It's certainly a habit that you should get into. You know, here I am. I'm literally emptying out my bank accounts for down payments and roofs and hardwood floors and all this stuff. I'm emptying out my bank accounts, but at the same time, I'm taking fifty dollars and I'm buying, you know, uh, ten shares of this, or i uh, you know, I bought one hundred fifty dollars shares of. Over the last three months, I've been buying, or two months, I've been buying a lot of Starbucks. Starbucks took a downturn. Every freaking time I go to Starbucks, it's crap. I don't drink coffee. I don't you know, it's not something I drink, but every time I go to a freaking Starbucks, I don't care where it is, there's a line usually and, and sometimes it's out the door. So it could be a hundred degrees, it's hundred degrees in California, and there's a line out the door for Starbucks. So for me, good investment. Um but anyway, so I'm buying stocks, but at the same time selling a lot of them too. So um but uh so, long story short, I don't know when the heck I'm going to be back. It's probably going to be, you know, a worst case scenario. It's probably going to be thirty, forty days because that's about when I close on my house, and then it's going to be another two to three weeks to to get the work done and then move in. So it's going to be a while uh, if 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 things if things get uh, a little more complicated or more complex. Uh, than they are now but hey if things are going smooth my agent my lender my title company all those guys are doing their job not you know not making me do anything then i could probably have another show this month so we'll see um thanks for everybody that's encouraged me social media emails twitter A lot of people listen to the show, saw the stats the other day. I was, I had to renew my, my payment didn't go through or something. So my, uh, they were going to cancel it. You know, they gave me like 30 days. So I had to go in there and update my payment or whatever. So my podcast wasn't canceled essentially. Um, but I was like, saw the stats. A lot of people listen to the show. So I appreciate that. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, again, w- w- we might take a take a small hiatus here while I'm moving and, and getting to my house. But hopefully, if you guys listen to the, the show the last eight years, I've moved God knows how many times. I, it's it's uh, double digits. It's at least 10 times. I, I found a house where I i'm gonna probably have to add on to it at some point uh, if i have more than two kids i'm gonna have to add on to it but um but there's space for it luckily um you know i found a house that, that i might live in for the rest of my life so hopefully we won't have any more uh breaks in the action due to me moving so uh hopefully in the future it's just for vacations and maybe lack of things to talk about. But until then, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy your collections. Enjoy uh, wherever you buy and sell. Um, but certainly exciting. to Check on My Cards now um, is slowly um, kind of becoming one of the pivotal places to buy and sell cards. So it's exciting uh, for me personally to see that. Um, considering how much I've invested <laughs> time-wise and a little bit of money uh, over the years. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We are are out of here.